We're on Troy, episode 151 of the Troy Malcolm and Adrian Bo. Troy Leadership. And how are you, fine friend? Yeah, good, good. I, I just noticed that you called it the Troy Malcolm and Adrian Bo podcast, which is um, 151 episodes in. Do I get the title? Probably not. But anyway, I'll run with it. I think so, time. mate. It, it, I think we've been going, well, probably the second longest real estate podcast for seven odd years or something. So we, uh, we've got some tenure there. There's been uh, us the whole way through it. You and I, a few guests along the way, but it's been exciting. Terrific journey. So great opportunity for us to connect and collaborate. And what a great topic today, leadership, because when you think about it, it really is a metaphor for every vertical of our industry. You know, if you're dealing with clients, is there a level of leadership required? Absolutely. If you're an auctioneer, yes. If you're an associate agent, a front office manager, an EBU leader, whatever it might be, there is a degree of leadership required throughout the entire industry, Troy. And I mean, we have been very fortunate enough to hold uh, official leadership positions. But in saying that, um, many, many uh, leaders in the current market have acted like leaders and before they've even become leaders, if you like. And that's when you can really identify talent in that area, Troy. Yeah, absolutely. Adrian, I think you know, we have also always believed in in the the phrase of lead without a title. And I think that the mantra of any leader is really, regardless of the title that they hold within a business, they do see leadership as a way of life. Um, they do mm. see leadership as a future style of business. They don't see it as something that they can say that was great leadership in the past, they're always looking ahead and they're almost strategic in their approach, many of the same ways as what we play games of chess. You know, you're kind of trying to think about the third step ahead of where you currently are. And I think that that's when we see leaders really stand up. In our industry, Adrian, leadership, I think, has to have that real estate knowledge. Um, I, I haven't seen too many of the very best leaders without having the nuts and bolts on the ground in the trenches, understanding of real estate really progress now there has been a few don't get me wrong there are a few and i'm not just actually taking away from what they've achieved but we have seen in the past the most successful leaders within our industry Mm. have also a really clear understanding about what real estate is because it is a unique business it's not actually about selling property the product Mm. we interact with every single day really comes down to relationships and people so once you understand that once you understand that you do not need a title to be a leader, you can be day one in the business you operate or you can be year 25 or 30 mm. and still have that leadership mantra. Um, Adrian, it really mm. comes down as well to me about, you know, what are the things that if we were to frame, put a framework around leadership and ways to have our listeners really understand within their own team, like you said, an EBU structure, their own individual agent, if they're managing an office, if they're managing multiple offices, what are some of the things that would really set them up for success? And I know that you speak about this a lot, but the first one that comes to mind is always the people and the culture. The people and the culture of any business really are the biggest asset to any leader. If you do not have the right people in the right places all going to the same direction, they don't create the culture. And then it becomes a very difficult task for you to take the leadership role and understand what the business needs ahead of time Mm. without having that. You've seen this in multiple businesses in your own business over the last 35 Mm. years. 
How has it played yeah. out for you, really, at that Bath people and culture? Because this has been such a strong point for you um, in your career. Mm. Now, look, it's, it's a great question, Troy. And I think every business owner or every team, if you like, it, it, it's if you could wave a magic wand, that's one of the intangibles that they'd all love to achieve is have high retention of their of their people and create a great culture. In saying that, culture is really subjective, right? Because, you know, if, if you're an agent working in a business, uh, great culture for you might just be going out every Friday after work and, and having a few drinks and, and you know, communicating, connecting with, with um, people within the organisation at, at a different type of level than in the office. So that's, that could appeal to some people. Um, I think other businesses are providing skills and tips on how to either be a better leader, a better lister, a better seller, a better communicator, whatever it might be. Um, so I think training and development is a massive vertical of culture. I think, I think, you know, whether you call them social events or power-up events or networking events, they're, they're, they need to be considered. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I think it's more than that, Troy. I think culture is, as I said at the start, sort of something that is intangible and probably as simple as, you know, in the office, no one listing over the top of each other, no one talking to uh, double ups of clients and saying, oh, look, don't worry, we all work together and we share the community. I mean, that, that happens and we do see it, unfortunately, where really it's not difficult just to speak to a client. They say, look, I spoke to Troy a year ago and for me to say, look, you're in outstanding hands with Troy, uh, I'll have a chat to him and if there's an opportunity for us to work together, that would be great. If not, you'd be in great hands with Troy. So I think that's probably one of the areas and an intangible sort of undocumented cultural piece which most agents strive for and most business leaders strive to provide. And I, I think that that's a, it's, a, it's definitely a very frustrating area of the industry when, when we don't do it right, Troy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And Adrian, another trait that we have seen is that even though we see this day-to-day with people and culture and the culture of our teams and our offices, we actually know that it actually filters quite quickly up um, to mm. say that a business will never outpace its leader. So if you're the type of person that doesn't have those types of skills that Adrian mentioned earlier, then yeah. your business is going to get same, same results. And it's got to be tying into, you've got to think bigger. You've got to really understand how you go from amateur to professional, but also understand that, the way that you did things that made you a success maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago in some circumstances are definitely not going to set you up for future success. And so, Adrian, we talk about growth mindset. We talk about fixed mindset. We talk about an always learn mindset. Um, what are some of the character and capability traits that you best identify with being a leader um, and some of the others that you've seen? Because you're, you're very fortunate to see so many different businesses, but you've also worked with what we would consider some of the best that we've ever seen in the Australian real estate industry. Yeah, look, it's it's a very good question and an interesting topic within our industry, Troy, because I speak to a lot of associate agents, for example, who say, look, I'd love to be a lead agent and I think I'm ready. And the first question I'll ask is, okay, being an associate is outstanding in terms of servicing a listing once it's listed and, you know, immersing yourself into the sale process. 
But out of 10, where do you rate yourself as a lister if you were to go up against some of the top competitors in your market? And a lot of them, it'd be a sub five. So they're really not ready to make that transition. Same as an agent, I'll speak to them and say, I, I want to open my own business. And I'm like, okay, have you recruited anyone before? No. Have you ever developed an agent from, from a, a telemarketer to an associate to a lead agent? No. Do you know how to read a P&L? No. Um, do, you know, is, is there any skill set at all in terms of leadership, public speaking, um, you know, motivating your own people? Have you got any skill set around CBT or any type of psychology at all? So I think, you know, not, not that we want to, um, uh, like, hinder people from achieving their ambition or their goals, but I think if you are going to assume some sort of progress in the industry, whether it's from associate to agent or agent to lead agent, a lead agent to business owner, you actually need to expose yourself to some of the skill set required before you actually do it because you, yeah. you certainly don't want to open a business and practice recruitment on, 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 on like the first 10 recruitment meetings, you know, or developing an agent on the first recruit that you do have. So I think people need to be conscious of that. I'm, I'm all for ambition, Troy. I just think that we've got to make sure that people uh, progress with the right skill set, the right guidance, the right mentors and the information's out there, which is ideal, yeah? Yeah, well, I mean, we've spoken in the past, Adrian, about, you know, the extreme standards that we hold for ourselves mm. actually develop us quickly or they develop us at a pace that will allow us to progress. Now, not everyone, as you said, not everyone has the intention that they want to have a multi-office team where they're running, mm. you know, three locations and 40 agents or 20 agents or 15 agents. Um, but they do understand what it takes to get to the next level is the standards they hold for themselves. And they do also understand um, the difference between the old fixed mindset of what management and leadership look like to what it looks like today as regards to authority versus influence. And I know that yeah. you've definitely been an influential character with the teams that you've led, but you've also led with generosity, which has allowed those people to grow. Do you want to touch on the difference between influence and authority? Because I think that that's another really good topic and trait that we see from the very best leaders in our in industry. They're not dictators uh, and yes. they don't say, go my way because I've said so. They allow that person to develop their skill and build influence over that person that they know that they can't get it wrong as opposed to trying to get it right. Influence, Troy, is probably an iteration, a more modern iteration of leading by example, okay? Mm -hmm. So I know, I know the influence term is is being used a lot especially around social media but effectively leading by example and and in our in our world troy that is if you're a sales leader or sales manager or a business owner it's 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 a body combat sport right so we're linking arms with our people going into lounge rooms listing property going to open for inspections helping take names and numbers um, calling auctions um, you know when when there's an auction and there's a pause and a gap being able to be the conduit between the buyer and the seller to make sure both parties and all stakeholders are satisfied yet a deal is still to be done so you know I think influence is definitely providing, um, you know, an example to your people that you are at the same level, there's no hierarchy, um, you're in the trenches. And then authority, I think, comes when if, if a decision does need to be made, um, then it's, it's delivered with conviction and respect. 
and and you know it's like it's like on a footy field Troy you know you you've played professional football I'm sure there's been many times where a call didn't go your way but you didn't stand there arguing at the ref what you did is went back and tackled six times harder uh because you, you that that was a high integrity activity for you knowing mm-hmm. that okay I may not agree with that but I'm just going to I'm going to tackle harder run harder and it's not dissimilar in our industry Troy not every call's going to go your way you're not going to win every listing there might be a dispute in the office and maybe someone's got a relationship deeper than you have and look you've got to play the long game you've got to respect yeah. any authority that's there and a decision needs to be made so everyone can just move forward and frankly it's always in the best interest of the client anyway there's no agent that owns buyers or sellers i mean data is data until there's a relationship built so it's up to the agent and the onus is on the agent the obligation is on the agent to build that relationship otherwise a database is just an excel spreadsheet with names and numbers so yeah i think that's probably the the, the main difference between uh, authority and influence there so is that been your experience troy yeah so and what i'm hearing from you adrian is exactly that and it's almost like you when you're in a leadership role you have to not only have what we said earlier, which is the extreme standards, but also the extreme ownership. And so it's almost in your dialogue, in your mindset, you need to have that to really ruthlessly eliminate the excuses that sometimes come up, that it's very easy to pass the buck or pass the blame and not take that ownership. And so what I'm getting is a sense that a leader is developed over time um, by the environment that they're in and by the coaching that they get from their mentors but it also has to come back to their individual standards that they hold and removing those excuses mm. with the intent that they're going to grow. It's not the necessary thing for them to complain and whinge. It's actually the intent for them to step back, understand why it didn't go their way, develop a skill or develop their skills to do better next time. Um, the final one, Adrian, that I know that we've mm. always spoken about and what makes great leaders and around leadership is to really remove the fear and I think you know we we hang out with John McGrath quite a bit and John always says you know the fear is the number one enemy of success and Mm. it's really true right now market conditions slightly different to what we have seen over the past two years so removing the fear of being successful the fear of failure actually sets you up to be a fantastic leader there's no doubt, Troy. And the best part about this topic is no one physically hands you fear. It's uh, an emotion that is manufactured uh, autonomously through an event or a market, let's call it. And often it, it can be that second entity within us or that voice in the head that we've spoken about before. And we really need to learn to master that voice and, and control it before it controls us. And, you know, I think if you speak to some of the top agents in the country, Troy, and said, how's the market, they'd be saying to you, well, I can tell you what my process is, but I don't deviate. I don't deviate from that regardless of market conditions. Their, their, their dialogue might, might be nuanced a fraction, but I don't think their process deviates. So, yeah, look, there's always going to be that fear if you allow it to overwhelm you, and it really is self, self-generated, self-manufactured. And it's not easy. I'll be honest with you, Troy. It's, you know, doubt and fear 
are, are two things which are intangible, yet no one actually gives them to us. We manufacture themselves ourselves. And let me tell you, they're not difficult to dismiss um, because, you know, one, they're, they're something that we have full control of, yet they can be very challenging and not many people have mastered it. And the, the, the news that we've got for everyone is the voice is never going to finish. I mean, for, for, for eternity, we'll always have that voice and it's really a, ma- a matter of controlling it. We don't know. We don't know where any other living being has visualisations like we do. We don't know that. I mean, as humans, we do. And sometimes it can be our best friend because it's, a, it's, it's, it's an encouraging voice, which is, Troy, let's just push through this. You know, I know you've had missed three listings in a row. I know two options are passed in a row, but let's play the long game. But then there's that other voice which say, are you really worth it? Do you really know what you're doing? Are you an imposter? Whatever it might sound like. So it's so critical that we we master that side of it because it can overwhelm us, Troy. Couldn't agree more. Adrian, as always, thank you so much for taking the time. We're coming up to wrapping up this episode, being episode number 151 of the Adrian Bow podcast featuring Troy Malcolm. Um, thank you so much, listeners, for sending in your questions. We are getting through them. Um, this question was sent in by a number of people, Adrian, so I don't want to kind of give the credit to one individual because I know that we've been getting this quite consistently over the past six weeks. And I think yeah. it's indicative of what's happening in the market. We are starting to see interest come from buyers and sellers. We are starting to Mm. see green shoots around the uptick in listings. I think we're probably heading towards a bit of a purple patch. And I know that some of the banks are also shifting the way that they're doing things. And a couple of Mm. little indicators around fixed term um, interest rates and fixed mortgages are starting to come through. So there's a lot of um, green shoots that are happening out there that I think will set us up for a really strong run into the end of the financial year. So for those listeners that are out there, one recommendation we can make is build your pipeline because you want to be ahead of the competition when this purple patch comes as opposed to be chasing uh, at the same time. So, AB, over to you to wrap us up for episode number 151. I think as Troy put it beautifully, you don't need a title to be a leader. You you don't even need a a role to be a leader. I think, you know, whether you're dealing with clients or even in your personal life, I think leading is about um, having respect for other people and not dictating to other people, not trying to control other people, but to really pay it forward, have an altruistic attitude and really serve whoever you're with at that particular time. So that's leadership uh, summed up for you. We'll see you all soon, folks. Thanks, team. See you next week.